The reason that up till now we haven't, when, when there's always these mysterious readings for the feast that we never really read, you know, like the ones that are in Numbers and Leviticus, and we never really read them. It's because we never really understood the offerings. And so now as we're beginning to apprehend the offerings, we can apprehend the readings that are necessary for the times of the feast. And, and it'll bring more flesh and, and, and understanding to <coughs> both the offerings and to the feasts. Now this feast that's upcoming is the feast of Yom Kippur. It's the feast in spirit in which if, if you look at one sense, if you look at the Zohar, which is the Jewish book of mysteries, it's, it's, it's alleged to be the oldest book in the universe. It predates the flood. The Zohar says of this feast, and that was written jillions of years before this feast came into law, that at this feast, the upper matrona and the lower mother that come together and meet, the heavenly Jerusalem and the mother that's the type of the body meet and when they meet when they meet when there's no when they when the channel is empty when they meet with no self-seeking in it the world will come to an end and so that's when when the blood the the the, the you could, the, whole, the high priest could only enter the Holy of Holies once a year, typified once in a, in a life, in a time. And he took the blood of bulls and goats with him into the Holy of Holies, and he sprinkled it on the altar, I mean on the, on the, uh, on the, on the uh, ark. When he did, according to the, the, the mystery part of Judaism, at that moment in time, the Zohar broke through time. The Zohar meaning, the Zohar means, it means light, but it means, I talked about this morning in, in, in the Levite Bible study, but it means, like when you see the sun set in, a, in, a, in its clouds, and there's just one little ray of sun that comes through the clouds, that ray, of, that ray, that's the Zohar. Okay, the same idea. As the horn? Huh? The same as the same horn. As the horn. Had the horn and the altar. When that, when the blood hits the altar, the Zohar breaks through eternity and touches the mercy seat. That's why that brilliance of the Zohar is why when the high priest came out, his face shone as a thousand suns, because he had experienced that moment, that meeting, when the blood hit the ark, when the blood of the animal, the type, hit the ark. Now, when the blood of Christ in you and I hit the ark in us, that understanding comes, then the new Jerusalem, which is above, which is the mother of us all, and us here as the mother, the type here, join. And when we join in purity, in one mind, Time ends. Now, that's what, in one sense, this feast is about. The goal of this feast is to cause you and I to be equally empty of our own idolatries and vows so that we as a body of people 
will be the pure channel for the Zohar. You understand? The more you have, that's why it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the empty in spirit. The empty, so you're an empty channel. You've emptied yourself. You've let that mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Although he was in the form of God, thought it not something to be grasped, to be equal with God, but emptied himself and made himself of no reputation. That's why it's so important. The idea of emptying yourself or not seeking to save your life any longer isn't a moral option. It's a, it's a universal certainty in order for this to happen. And that's what, the, that's what the type, the figure, shows on Yom Kippur. It's, 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 it's every heart's desire that you can imagine. That's why the fast of Yom Kippur is so total. So you, you, you hunger, you hunger for that which is pure. Now when you fast, Harry made the mistake once of fasting for several days, and then he went and got a greasy hamburger, and he about threw up. But when you fast, your system automatically adjusts itself, and your system then automatically adjusts itself to go back, and it demands purity, pure food. When you fast from stimulus, if you fasted, if all of you were in a place, put in a place where you were totally fasting from external stimulus on your being, in your hearing or eyes, and you came in and, 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 and like listened to a rock concert, it would drive you crazy. Because the decibel and the, that kind of noise, music level, would, it, 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 it has to have been built up on calluses. It's the same with visual stimulation. To go from a desert in, 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 in Australia, in the Aboriginal desert, to downtown Dallas in that boom, boom, you would, it would, you would go crazy because of, not because of, oh, I don't understand all this, but because of the visual and audio stimulation would drive you in crazy. Your heart has not yet been calloused to, to be able to accept these civilized things. Now, the same is true here. We fast so that the calluses can, so that we can get rid of the calluses. So that for a moment in time you demand the purity. And if we as a body, you know, and if Dwight is here, and if, if like, if he's the one that, that, that the process is, if he's the last cell in the member, then this, you know, if that's what everything's been waiting for, then boom! Katie bar the door is over. Now that's why the most beloved, spiritually, from God's talk, from the heart of God, the most beloved rituals are those for which you flee idolatry and those for which you, you, you empty yourself of vows and promises to yourself. That's why, to the heart of God and to the heart of us in this Kol Nidre that we do on, where we burn our vows of performance, we burn our promises made to everybody, that's why it holds the potential for such joy. Understand? Now, the readings for Yom Kippur, one of the readings, is Numbers, are number is Numbers 9, 29? One of the readings is. Huh? One of the readings is. 
one of the readings is. See, I knew that. I could have figured that out all by myself. Numbers what? 29, verse 7. And you shall have on the tenth day of this seventh month a holy convocation, and you shall afflict your souls. You shall not do any work therein. Now the tenth day of the seventh month is what's coming up. We, now actually, you know, actually tonight, this very right now is the tenth day of the, of the month of Tishri in the Jewish calendar. Today they're celebrating Yom Kippur in the Jewish world. What? Oh yeah. Please do. Yeah. Yes, no, it's ten it's ten days. Ten days. Okay. It's always ten days, it's not normally. Tish Rosh Hashanah is the first day. Now did you all see what you know what we we've we've been doing in bananas and in uh, the Levite Bible study in the morning we've been doing a whole big number and scaring everybody about what is there what is your atonement? By what do you atone for your sin? By what is your redemption? What do you redeem yourself with? And we've, you know, we've listed all the obvious ones. Television or time or sleep or... Rick said everything. Rick said everything. <laughs> but the, the, the biggest thing that people redeem themselves with is the belief in linear time. I mean, the belief that things are going to get better in the future. Mm. That you're going to... So, I mean, that's... You understand how that redeems you? From having to face yourself? Got screwed up or things are bad or something. It's going to get better in the future. But there's more time coming up that things I'm going to re get redeemed by the passage of time. Now, the Jews, the, the ultra-Orthodox Jews, uh, the, the real ones, the Hasidim, they don't believe that, they, only, they believe that they're in, irredeemable. They say they can't even go to heaven, but they're only trying to keep this for Messiah. But then there's a step, one below the Hasidic Jews, who are called the ultra-Orthodox, who, instead of the scapegoat redeeming them and the blood of the bulls and the goats and the temple ceremony, they've now decided that a chicken redeems them. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. And this is not a joke. Every one of you carefully look at this picture and read what, I'll read what it says in the English picture. Getting rid of sins is the byline. I mean the, uh, what is that line? <laughs> An, an ultra-Orthodox rabbi performs the ceremony of kaporah, in which a person's sins are symbolically placed on a chicken. Friday, in a marketplace in Jerusalem, the ceremony is performed before Yom Kippur, the Jewish Day of Atonement, which begins sundown. Now, I mean, this couldn't have been posed better to show the ridiculousness of modern religion. Look at the little guy that he's holding the chicken over and see if it reminds you of someone. <laughs> Yeah, they hold it there until it's official. This was a. They did this. They've done that chicken thing for a long time. They've done this chicken thing since. No, before that, since 1100. Since when they decided they had to come up with something to replace the But 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 that's what that literally that's how come that Jewish penicillin has become chicken soup. I mean that's the chicken. Because they figured that. Yeah, the, the atonement is There's something in the chicken. Yes. In the chicken, yeah. healthy or healing. Who's it look like? Remember a fat little boy? 
It looks like it, it's Harry in the high place. That's what it is. <laughs> you see the guy holding the chicken? But my point is, that's actually that's actually being done. It's yeah, not people that believe. Leave. Why are no, it's on the Dallas Times Herald. It's an Associated Press just, picture. They just came up with The rabbis had to come up with something to replace something to do on Yom Kippur because they couldn't do any sacrifices. So they the, the, reformed, the Reformed Jews and the Conservative Jews say that the day itself atones. It did look like a perfect chicken. Without <laughs> <laughs> spot or blemish. <laughs> two, two identical chickens. <laughs> what can we learn from this? <laughs> Behold, the chicken of God. Harry. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> chicken man. <laughs> I think you're right. In fact, that rabbi looks a lot like Bo Pilgrim. No, the rabbi looks like little Oli. He's got the same overbite. Let's start in verse one because it talk, verse one talks about the the, the, the uh, sacrifice, the, the order of the sacrifices on Rosh Hashanah, and then the next goes to Yom Kippur. But in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation, you shall do, do no servile work. It is a day of blowing the trumpets unto you. As we said, that's the day, in our, what we see, that that's the day Christ was born. You shall offer a burnt offering for a sweet savor unto the Lord. One young bullock, one ram, and seven lambs of the first year without blemish. That's your burnt offering. You understand? You see what it did? It took the bullock, the ram, lambs, to, 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 to complete the spectrum of the offerings for the burnt offering. And their, their meat offering, remember it's always, the burnt offering is always in connection with the meat offering. The burnt offering is your responsibility to God. The meat offering is your responsibility to fellow man. It's met here. And their meat offering shall be a flour mingled with oil, three-tenth deals for a bullock, and two-tenth deals for a ram. That's a lot of deals. And one-tenth deal for one lamb throughout the seven lambs. And one kid of the goats for a sin offering to make an atonement for you. Now this is in addition to all the other stuff that we know that goes on with the scapegoat and the bullock, right? Now, and you shall have on the tenth day of this seventh month a holy convocation, and you shall afflict your souls. You shall not do any work therein, but Wait, you should... You skipped six, did you? you want to read six? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. And besides the burnt offering of the month and his meat offering and the daily burnt offering and his meat offering and their drink offerings according unto their manner for a sweet savor, a sacrifice made by fire unto the Lord. And you shall have on the tenth, that, so that's the offerings that were made on Rosh Hashanah. Now on, on Yom Kippur, we start in verse 7. And you shall have on the tenth day of the seventh month a holy convocation, and you shall afflict your souls, and that's why we fast. You shall not do any work therein, but you shall offer a burnt offering unto the Lord for a sweet savor, one young bullock, one ram, seven lambs of the first year, 
and they shall be unto you without blemish. And their meat offerings shall be of flour mingled with oil, three-tenth deals to a bullock, and two-tenth deals to one ram, and several-tenth deals for one lamb throughout the seven lambs. One kid of the goats for a sin offering, beside the sin offering of atonement, and the continual burn offering, and the meat offering of it, and their drink offerings. Now, if that was all, of, if, if from verse 7 through verse 11, was of Numbers 29, was all we knew of the book of Leviticus, we would know more than we will ever learn in a lifetime. The mystery of what the burnt offering is, the mystery of what its associated meat offering is, and then these other offerings of the atonement would complete, again, hear me, it's by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. And this one offering in its type here, this is the one offering of Christ, was typified in all of these. So that we have, how can I say it? If you knew tonight that every demand that God could have on you was met, no matter what you thought about God, and if you knew tonight that every demand that any man or woman on the face of the earth or kid could have on you was met, what would, your, what would your condition be? If you knew for a certainty, if you could see with clarity that every demand that your parents have on you, that your wife or ex-wives have on you, that your kids have on you, that your girlfriends have on you, that your bosses have on you, that your everybody that could come into your frame of reference, if you knew that every demand was met and believed it, and you knew that every demand was met that God could demand of you, can you imagine your mental state? What would it be? That would be arrogance. You think so? Like intoxicated joy. Arrogance is a good one. Joy is a good one. It would, it, would, it would define what a believer is supposed to be. I mean, you would have completed your destiny. Do you realize how little of what you believe or what you are and what your personality is, if any, came from you? Who are you? What part of you isn't the demands that somebody else has made on you and the expectations that they have made for you? Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were supposed to be different than you are? Who told you you were this way or that way? Or who told you you should be do this or do that? The point is, I don't, I don't, I won't say all, but I doubt if any of you have any idea who you are if you stripped away the protections 
you are a composite makeup of the demands of this board of elders. And every element of your personality reflects a part of those demands. And the problem is, is that you run into culture, well, well, you run into, to, 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 how can I say, what, what happens when the computer shuts down? Uh, brown, uh, brown. When the electrical supply shuts down in a city, it's called brownout. Well, that's what happens to you. You run into brownout, you run into immobilization when, when one little group of this board of elders that's in your head is in conflict with another group group. And they start, they war for a while, and pretty soon they get all tired of warring, and you just, you just go, what's it, there's a word. What happens when the computer goes, Damn, it crashes. Crashes. No, but it, it, you crash, you go to zero, you go to nothing, you become totally immobilized. Now, do you realize how much of your life is a struggle against being immobilized? You understand that for most of you, your normal state would be immobilization. And there's this constant push and struggle to not to be immobilized. Why? It's because of the conflicts of these demands of this board of elders that, that have defined who you are. And, you know, there's this, there's this one little group over here that are really positive. It's the Zig Ziglar group. It's the Zig Ziglar component. Praise God! Just think it, and I'll see it, and I'll believe it, and I'll get it, and and I'll be and and then there's this other little sneaky subversive group over here that's sort of like the, you know, they're the they're they're the ones that are saying, you dumb fuck, you don't deserve anything. You, you, it's it's your mother basically. It's your mother's influence, or your dad, or somebody. Well, you, you, you're going to grow up dumb, and God's going to punish you, and, and, and you, you mess. But it's this little group over here that says, I can't succeed at anything. And you are at war against yourself. And if, and if you're lucky, if you only have one battle going on. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yes. You know, like if you're a Martin, <laughs> oh God, you've got about five battles going on at once. That's why I'm so glad you were in a Martin. You end up bumping into walls. You bump into walls. Stuff over yeah. Bumping yourself. Right. <laughs> oh, I, know, I know a few Martins, so I know. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> I had you there. <laughs> I like this guy. Can you see by the meat offering? That you can say, because of the meat offering, you can fire that entire board of elders. And you can say to them, my warfare is complete. It's finished. I don't have to play your games anymore. I fire you. Now, it's dangerous to do that because, see, when you... There's, there's a few of those elders that are, you're in agreement with right tonight, right? 
That's the problem. <laughs> alliance. There's a few of these guys that you've got an alliance with tonight. A couple of my life with this. So you. Huh? So you. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you operate between you and adults? Yeah, it sounds good what they're saying. Yeah. That's why Christ, or Paul said, well, for Christ said, to be his disciple, you have to hate your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers, your wives, your children, yea, in your own life also. What does that mean? It means I have fired my board of elders. Now, if I fired my board of elders, then because of the resurrection, there's a new, there's a new life. Paul said, Whatsoever is a gain to me, that's what I counted a loss for Christ. He knew that if he, if he gained anything, what he was really gaining, he was gaining for not himself, he was gaining for one of these seats, one or more of these seats on his board of elders, the star chamber. And he said, I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but done. me. He counted his board of elders as dumb, and all of their value systems as dumb. Dumb means shit, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> what? Are they real? They're real. Are they? The board of elders? The board of elders are the, all the faces of the Antichrist in your life. They're all saying the same thing, that you're separate from life and you have to do something to get it. This is what you got to do to get life. You don't have life. And this is what you do to have to be successful, because you're not... Yeah, well, I mean, I know what you do, but I just want to they are. They're all of different manifestations. of the, they're the, What they are is the... Bottom line is, is they are the, they're the, they're the courses of priests. They are the courses of priests on the high place. So yours and mine and John's, they're the same, they're just a little bit different. They're just different. They're just they're different same manifestations. They're the same thing. Nothing unique, really. Now, that's why I say to you, if you can tonight, for, now, now remember, we're not, we're not, we're, we're, it's, too, it's too difficult tonight to think about what God demands of us. Let's just think about what people demand of us and what we demand of ourselves. If we can apprehend this offering, these offerings made on Yom Kippur, we can taste freedom. And if you, if your obedience is fulfilled, your obedience is fulfilled if you can hear what I said tonight. You understand that? Then, from that point forward, you, you can slowly, the, the, the board of elders just falls away as chaff on a wheat in the harvest. You know, I, I've known... Some of you, for longer than, you know, I've known Pete since he was, you know, you. I mean, I'm, well, I'm, I'm on most of you for jillions of years, it seems like. And I've seen the chaff fall away. You know, I haven't seen any chaff fall on me. I was perfect from, be, from the start. <laughs> <laughs> you picked up a lot of chaff. <laughs> <laughs> huh? See, just, just, just try to apprehend that one little piece. That by one offering, he has perfected forever, then let us sanctify. That there is not one demand that anybody has on you 
that hasn't been met by Christ. You're free. Well, this includes ex-wives, child support. It includes all of those things. And all future things and all past things. And all future things and demands that you've made on yourself. Now what the Kol Nidre is, when we, when we burn the vows and the burn the expectations and burn the performance, it's just an affirmation that the meat offering has been apprehended. Do you understand that? It's really neat. And that's specifically, I mean, there's a lot done, there's a jillions of things done on the Feast of Yom Kippur. But it only talks here about a very few, and one of them is the meat offering. And can you tie now the meat offering to the Kol Nidre? That's what I want you to do especially in your groups, to, to let, to let, to begin, to, there's so many people that are in so much bondage. Well, the, the Kol Nidre is probably the one time of the year where this meal offering is addressed in a ritual. Amen. It's it like is. the only time it really, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's addressed in the Afghaman, but, but only in a, in a much minuscule way compared to what is in, is in Kol Nidre. The Kol Nidre, Kol Nidre, Kol means without, and Nidre means vow. It's, it, so, do you, do you all understand how many thousands of vows you've made to yourself and how, that, that, you've, that you've made to others? Just think about it. That's why I want you to list them. So in the listing of the vows, you will begin to seek and understand and know freedom. Can you see now, I mean, this is just a simple case, but this is, this, nowhere, nowhere is it more clear than tonight in this, how we are the opposite of what Robert Tilton teaches. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not just, it's not just a little bit different. We are the exact opposite. He's teaching, make a vow. And God, he's making, he's making faith a commodity for you to get stuff. I'm saying, Faith is the fruit of the emptying of self. Because, and we can afford to empty self, because we know that by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. To be perfected means that every demand has been met. And it means also that in seeing this, he will give you all things freely. And the existence of the world depends on that. I have been young, and I have been old, yet never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging for bread. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Can you see how the act of delight to God means that you accept what's been finished? It's not some worked up thing, it's not a foreplay, it's not spiritual foreplay. It's seeing what's finished. That's how you delight. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. Fire the elders. Every one of those elders has a common denominator and they tell you something is left to do. Fire them.
tonight. There's nothing left to do. Your warfare is over. It's finished. You're home. Even Harry. Poor Harry. Harry had two hot seats before 9 o'clock the other day. He set an all-time record. should be, and then a promise that I will be that, or I will do that. It's liturgical behavior to try and give the appearance that I'm doing that. And the idea of not doing that is um, pretty, pretty freeing. You know what that means? It means, I mean, it means you're perfect. Who cares such a thing? You said something the other day, I can't remember the wording of it, but it really hit me about outside of time, there is either is something or isn't something, and I can't remember what it was. Do you remember what it was just the other day? It was, I mean, it was really, though, it was like one of those things that when you hear it, it just goes, you know, right in there kind of thing. But I can't remember. It went right out the back door. That's the kind of thing Tim asked me. You know that? Yeah. You know, I was like, no, I don't. Mind is, is a terrible thing to wear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I pray that I, I, I would like us to concentrate on the Kol Nidre as a if we if we do nothing else this this time. Um, really let people know that. No, they're standing, they're perfect, they're forgiven. They're standing before God, at rest, at ease. And I said, nothing left to do. Now, is that, does everybody agree with the schedule? I put that in here. You know, the thing you said the other night about, about uh, Yom Kippur being the the beginning of the new year, and that this is going to the beginning of a year of sweetness is really stuck. In That's Rosh Hashanah. Well, okay. It's one of those things. Well, it's the beginning. We're in that year. It's this yeah. year. This is a year of sweetness. I, I believe it with every in me. But try to get through the readings um, and see that, you know, that's what John was saying. Behold the Lamb, or the Again, he didn't say lamb. He said, there's no difference in Aramaic for lamb and goat. But behold the goat of God, or the scapegoat of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. Let, let even the consciousness of it be gone. There's nothing left to do. It's finished. It's over. But 
try to relate the Kol Nidre and the aspects of the Kol Nidre to the meaning of the meat offering and see that. And, and it'll be especially typified in conflicts among the brethren. Now, remember, the three pilgrimage feasts, that's when it, the pressure comes to, to, remo- to, to, to let it all out, to let all any and all conflicts out. Okay, take a big guy. <laughs>